0: Because the truth of the matter is all of us struggle with obeying God. Come on. And all of us know there are some things that God has given us to do that we have struggled with. We tried to talk ourselves out of it. We tried to bargain with God. This is what Jesus is doing in the garden. He's attempting a a DIT good to renegotiate his contract. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Come and join us in the sanctuary as we listen in on a dynamic word from our senior pastor, Dr. Gina M. Stewart. Mark chapter 14, beginning with verse 32. We're continuing in this Advent series of In the Meantime. And I pray that this word will be a blessing to you. I want to talk today from the subject Stay Woke. This passage of scripture is a very familiar passage. It is one of the scriptures that we often read, particularly around the season of Lent, because it is one of the passages of scriptures that rehearses the story of Jesus' passion or his suffering that he endured before he went to die on a cross. And what we find in this text, if I may give you the background so you can have the breakdown, is Jesus confronting his destiny in a prayer garden or in an agonizing time of prayer in the garden of Gethsemane. Somebody said Gethsemane. Gethsemane means oil press, which was presumably a grove of olive trees on the western slope of the Mount of Olives. This is the place where Jesus decided that he would go to spend time with the Father As he was facing the ultimate test of his life and his ministry. It will also be the last passage or pericope or unit of scripture that we read. In which the earthly Jesus is together with his disciples. By the time of this text, several things have taken place. Jesus has done tremendous ministry. He's given out free health care. He's healed the sick, put some of the funeral homes out of business. He's raised at least two folk from the dead. He's given sight to the blind, restored equilibrium into the lives of people. He's even had the last supper where he washed the disciples' feet. And not only did he wash the disciples' feet, but also prior to this episode, he's had an opportunity to tell Peter, one of his star pupils, that he's going to deny him three times. But as he goes into Gethsemane, he's faced with an overwhelming assignment. Jesus knows well what is ahead of him. And he knows that soon and very soon, he will yield himself voluntarily, which suggests he's doing this voluntarily, yield himself as a sacrifice For the sins of the world at Calvary. And with his future hanging in the balance. Knowing what's in front of him. Knowing that he's going to have to die. He steals away as was his custom. He didn't call a press conference. He didn't get on Twitter or Facebook or whatever the social media. He didn't call the Jerusalem news and do an interview. Come on here. But as was his custom. He goes for a prayer vigil. But this time he does something differently rather than going alone, which if you read the gospels, you will find that whenever Jesus stole away to pray, he usually stole away by himself. But this time he chooses not to go alone. Instead, he takes the three disciples, Pastor Pastor Dunnigan, with him from his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. And what is probably the most critical and vulnerable moment in his life, Jesus is looking for companionship. And may I suggest to you this morning that nobody needs to go through hard times by themselves. Everybody needs somebody. Come on here. Sometime. Songwriter said, lean on me when you're not strong. Come on. And I'll be, I I know somebody know it. And I'll be your friend. I'll help you care for it won't be long. Till I'm gonna need some, just call on me, brother. When you. Thank you, singers. So, whole bunch of folks in the choir. We need you at rehearsal Wednesday. He spends time, play, I ain't playing about that either. He spends time, I'm serious, we need some quiet members. I, he spends time, <laughs> spending time with his friends because nobody wants to go through hard times by themselves. I told them at the East location this morning when I went to meet Flag at 4 o'clock, she was there with a friend standing around the bed of her brother because nobody should have to go through vulnerable moments difficult moments at a time when they're suffering at a time when they feel vulnerable jesus at his most vulnerable moment brought three of his closest disciples with him peter james and john and not only does he bring the three from the inner circle but he's not embarrassed to tell them the truth about how he's feeling so not only do you need companionship, but everybody needs somebody that you can tell the truth to. I don't hear nobody saying nothing. I wish I had some help in here. Look at somebody say, everybody needs somebody that you can tell the truth to. Everybody needs somebody that you can tell them the truth if you're scared, if you're worried, if you're fearful, if you're uncertain, if you're facing an unsettled future. Everybody needs somebody that can handle your vulnerability. Jesus takes the time to not only be with his disciples, but he is brutally honest with them and very transparent about his feelings. He tells them, and we just read it in the text, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. In fact, it's overwhelmed with sorrow even to the point of death. Mark tells us that he was so overwhelmed, which is interesting because Mark, unlike Matthew, doesn't always give details. Matthew is the one that usually gives the details Mark is the writer of the synoptic gospels which means the same Matthew Mark Luke and John if you read them you will often find that many of the stories are overlapping they may have different details but all of them share some of the same information but Mark was a little different from Luke and Matthew Mark was not one to give many details but in this text he gives us some indicators Of the deep emotional distress that Jesus, here you see his humanity, who was God in the flesh, is experiencing. In an agonizing scene, the emotional life and inner soul of Jesus is on display. Here it is, you get to see Jesus in all of his humanity. And that ought to bless somebody because it helps to know that there's somebody who's not just my savior, but my liberating Lord who has been in my shoes. Who can empathize, the the writer of Hebrews says, he can empathize because he's not a priest, high priest, who has not been touched by our infirmities jesus is shaken to the core of his being and even though he's done the will of god always done the will of god descended into heaven and not only descended into heaven but done the will healed the sick raised the dead did what god told him to do and come from the heights of glory he's done everything god has told him to do and yet he has one more river to cross still more suffering awaits him And he takes the liberty of being brutally honest, even though he is God in the flesh, about what is awaiting him. So he gives the disciples some simple instructions. Somebody says simple instructions. Wasn't rocket science. Somebody shouted, wasn't rocket science. They They were real simple instructions. He gives the disciples some simple instructions. He tells them, stay here and keep watch. Say that with me. Stay here and keep watch. Anybody ought to be able to do that. Stay here. That means don't move, don't go to the stove, stay here. And keep watch, don't go get a cup of coffee, stay here, come on. And keep watch. He tells them, stay here and keep watch. That's all they had to do. And while they are doing that, Jesus, from the reading of the text, is going to renegotiate, try to anyway, his assignment with the Father. Because he has an assignment. God help him here. He has an assignment in front of him that he ain't necessarily that happy about. That ought to bless somebody. To know that even Jesus struggles sometimes with doing the will of God. Y'all ain't, with, y'all ain't feeling me. Look at somebody and say, even Jesus struggled. So you can stop sitting here looking deep and acting like you always do what God tells you to do. Because the truth of the matter is all of us struggle with obeying God. Come on. And all of us know there are some things that God has given us to do that we have struggled with. We tried to talk ourselves out of it. We tried to bargain with God. This is what Jesus is doing in the garden. He's attempting a, a, a DIT good to renegotiate his contract. And all of us know we've been in some places where we tried to renegotiate our contract with God, especially preachers, because we don't always know what we're saying yes to. And then we find out what we said yes to. We be like, oh, come on here. Even the life of a disciple is a life that you find yourself trying to renegotiate. You want to do the will of God. You just don't want to do it like this. That's really what Jesus is saying. He's saying, if it's possible, let this cup. God help me preach it. I feel like preaching right here. Let this cup pass from me. In other words, what Jesus said, I don't mind doing what you asked me to do. I just don't want to die. Amen. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And the truth of the matter is we don't want to die either. Amen. We may not be talking about physical death. But there is a death that every person that has a relationship with God must die. We must die to our flesh. Nudge no, your neighbor say, I ain't looking, I ain't interested in dying. Ain't nobody trying to die. Ain't nobody trying to die. I want to do what I want to do and still have all the benefits. I want to, come on here, I want to shack with God. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And get all the benefits, but I don't want no full-time commitment. Come on here. We try to renegotiate. Come on, help me preach. I've been up all since 1.30 this morning. So I got plenty of energy. So don't look at me funny. We try to renegotiate our contract with God. I don't know if anybody tries to get out of doing the will of God. Sometime, Alexia, every now and then, there's some things. Do I really have to like her? Come on, let me make it live for you. Do, do I really have to speak to him? Do I really? Come on, we talking about the will of God now. We Y'all act like that's optional. Y'all thought I was going to tell you something deep. Uh-uh, I'm going to tell you the real deal. Do I really have to love him? Yeah, come on here. Do I really have to love? We we try to find ways to renegotiate our contract with God. And Jesus is here in the garden, and he's trying to renegotiate because he ain't ready to die. He doesn't want to go to Calvary. He says, if it's possible, hey, Alice, let this cup pass from me. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, his three friends, they sleep. How you going to sleep? At a time like this. One of the most critical times in Jesus' ministry. His future is on the line. They plotting, they're plotting behind his back to try to take him out. And not one of them sleep. Come on, oh, come on, scholars. All three of them are sleep not once, Pastor Chuck, but three times. Jesus go- goes and begs the father. He goes to look and they sleep. He come back. He wakes them up. He goes back to talk to God a little bit more. He comes back and they sleep again. And then he goes and talks to the father one more time. And he comes back and they still sleep. And he said, could you not watch? Come on, scholars. Y'all reading the Bible. I'm so happy. For one hour, he chastises them and suggests that their companionship is grieving him right now. I brought you here because I needed some company. I gave you one assignment. Somebody shout one assignment. Sound like what we said out here. Now I, told, I gave you one thing to do. I told you to go to the grocery store and come back home. You went everywhere else. I gave you one assignment to watch and sit here. And you couldn't even wait with me. Not for the whole time, but for an hour. Perhaps our is not necessarily literal in terms of its translation and its intent and its meaning. But it means for a specified period of time. And Jesus is now connecting the dots for the disciples because he's trying to still give them an idea of how their faith is going to work. And that when their faith is under pressure that they cannot cave in during a time when their faith is being tested. He uses this time to teach them. The three who are nearest to him have a front row seat in a lecture hall. They can see up close what true steadfastness looks like in the face of a terrible ordeal. These are the same folk that were on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured. And his clothes began to shine like Elvis and they were so excited when they were up there on the Mount. They won't sleep then. They said, Lord, is just good for us to be here let's build three tabernacles let's build come on Bible readers let's build one for you and one for Moses and one for Eli- these the same folk yeah. that were on the mount of transfiguration they've seen the miracles they've seen his glory and now that they are needing to practice prayerful they vigilance they have challenges remaining faithful when their faith is tested Fleshly tendency is evil and weakness. Weakness. Jesus is suggesting, oh, not get the upper hand. Nudge your neighbor said, don't let your weaknesses get the upper hand. When you're going through a time of testing. Can we go on and testify and say our weaknesses will get the upper hand? When we're going through a time of testing. I can't get no help in here. I said, your weaknesses will get the upper hand. Anybody can be strong when you're not in a test. But when you're going through a test, when your faith is being tested, your weakness is threatened to get the upper hand. And Jesus is trying to teach them even as he is seeking the face of God. And so he says to Peter, why are you asleep? And I said to them at 8 o'clock, I said, I wonder why he singled Peter out. It was three of them that were asleep, but Jesus talked to Peter. And the text doesn't tell us, but one of the things that came to me is that Peter was the kind of default leader of the group. Peter was the one that spoke up when everybody else didn't. Peter was the one that said, Lord, if everybody else walks out on you, I ain't gonna walk out. Peter was the one that said, I'm your boy. I'm your boy. I'm the one you, y'all got friends like that. I ain't gonna leave you. I ain't gonna walk out on you. Peter was the one who said, when Jesus says Satan desires to sift you as we, Peter said, uh-uh, if everybody else turns their back on you, I won't turn my, in fact, I'm willing to go with you even to death. Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. And matter of fact, by the time they're at the garden, Peter has already done it. And yet Jesus knows the destiny that's on Peter because Peter is destined to be a leader. He it is. So if the leader is sleeping, guess what the other folk going to do? If the leader ain't woke, I can't get no help in here. If the leader can't stay woke, guess what? The folk going to fall asleep. That's why I'm so hard on leadership. Because you don't lead by exception. You lead by example. And if you can't do it, how you think other folk going to? The day of telling folk, do as I say and not as I do, does not work in this dispensation. You got to lead where you are trying to go. So I believe that Jesus must have been saying to Peter, because he knew what destiny was on Peter, that if you sleep, guess what the other folk going to be doing? If you ain't paying attention, come on, help me, Holy Ghost. Who else is going to pay attention? Could you not watch with me for just one hour? And then Jesus says to Peter, watch and pray. Somebody shout, watch and pray. That you fall not that you not fall into temptation because the spirit is willing, but the body, come on scholars, the spirit is willing, but the flesh, King Jimmy says, is weak. Somebody says stay woke. In other words, Jesus is saying, stay woke, stay woke, although it's not necessarily good English for all the English teachers in the house. I know this is not good English, it's, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's worth us calling this sermon stay woke because it is so apropos for the times in which we live. Stay, walk, stay woke is an urban colloquial term that gained popularity with the release, watch this, Melinda is going to love this, of Erica Badu's record, Master Teacher. I feel kind of proud because y'all didn't think I would know that, did you? Not only did, did Erica Badu produce the record, but there was another one, musician by the name of Georgia Ann Muldrow. Come on here, that worked with Erica Badu on the record. And in an interview, Muldrow offered these words about what it means to be woke. She said, "Woke. This is Muldrow talking, not Erica, because Erica got a song that sound like she has some and, and talking in tongues, unknown tongues. She talking about master teacher, but." She, Muldrow says, woke is a definitely a black experience. Woke is if somebody put a burlap sap on your, sack on your head, knocked you out and put you in a new location. I'm quoting what she says. And then you come to and understand where you where you are ain't home and the people around you ain't your neighbors. Muldrow said, they're not acting in a neighborly fashion. They're the ones who conked you on the head. She said, you got kidnapped here and then you got punked out. I'm quoting her directly out of your own language everything that's woke understanding what your ancestors went through just being in touch with the struggle that your people have gone through here and understanding what we've been fighting since the very day we touched down here there was no year where the fight wasn't going down Muldrow said that's what it means to stay woke later Black Lives Matter movement picked up the mantra and Miriam webster even added it to their taxonomy in the dictionary in 2017. Yeah, it's in there, girl, go on, check it out. (laughs) Merriam-Webster says, It is an awareness of and actively attentive to important facts and issues, especially issues of racial and social justice. It's also used by black nationalists who in the black consciousness movement want to alert us to the importance of being woke with regard to the systemic evil that contribute to the sociological, economic and comprehensive, stay with me, disenfranchisement of black folk. Woke is a term that's designed to awaken us to a reality that something is wrong in America that systemic racism in our country is there's something wrong about the fact that it's legal to be racist that there are no repercussions we're living in a time of heightened white nationalism and heightened white supremacy and that buzzwords not even buzzwords anymore they just saying it out loud they used to do dog whistle they ain't even doing that no more they just say what they want to say because we have a chief executive god help me as I preach this who stands in the white house and says whatever he wants to say not just about black folk but about women and about Mexicans and about immigrants and about LGBTQ community and anybody else that he has disdain for uh, which which really ain't too many folk other than his daughter and his son-in-law from what I can tell I ain't even sure if he like his wife and his other children uh, but what we do know is that we are living y'all ain't gonna help me today in a time of heightened white nationalism Heightened racial supremacy, heightened racism, and stay woke connotes self-awareness. It connotes that at some point there has to be a level of consciousness in this, this zeitgeist, this spirit of the age of mass unconsciousness that makes us aware of what's happening in our communities, in our nation, in our world. It's an alertness. It's a watchfulness. It's a consciousness about not just what's going on in our world, but what's going on in the world. Because the truth of the matter is, is that if it ain't happening in your world right now, if it keeps happening in our world, it's going to eventually catch up. Come on here. To your world, somebody shout, stay woke. Woke person has a sense of the manner in which systems and structures, powers and principalities, spiritual wickedness, In high places. Work to affect all of our lives in ways in which we are not aware. And I want to suggest to you this morning that Jesus' advice back then is just as relevant as it is right now. Because when Jesus spoke those words to the disciples, it was a critical time. It was a critical time in Jesus' life. It was a time of shifting priorities. It was a time of great instability. It was a time of change. It was a time of grave, clear, and present danger because his enemies were closing on him, closing in on him. They really couldn't do anything about him, but they would not stop. They really couldn't stop what God was going to do, but because they were stupid enough. To think that their arms were not short, were not too short to box with God. They were looking for slick and sly ways to circumvent Jesus' mission and his influence. But Jesus was always woke. Can you tweet that? And said, Jesus was always woke. Jesus never was cut off by surprise. Jesus, come on here was never caught off guard one of the things I say even to members when something happens tragically in their lives and we pray I always pray and say God sometimes we caught off guard but you ain't never caught off guard and that's a good place for you to give God some praise because even though you may be surprised even though something may take you by surprise and you didn't see it coming God already knew that it was coming that's why I love that scripture that says as your days are so shall your strength be because God has already seen up the road and made provision so that whatever god help me you have to deal with god has already worked out the situation so you can handle the pressure i wish i had somebody that could give god some praise that god ain't never surprised jesus was a woke savior jesus was a woke liberating lord and he says watch as well as pray because he knows what's going on because he knows here it is what's at stake Question is, do you know what's at stake? Not just what's at stake in the political landscape. Do we know what's at stake in terms of our eternal destiny? Do we know, God help me, what's at stake in terms of our public witness? Do we know what's at stake in terms of legislation and laws that are being written while we are asleep? While we ain't necessarily sleep, sleep, but sleepwalking. While we having parties and drunk with the wine of the world, lest we forget thee. Do we really know what's at stake? Jesus said, watch and pray. In other words, stay woke. And what some people are saying in worship is, why why do I need to stay woke? And I'm glad you asked. Even if you didn't ask, I'm gonna tell you, cause it's real important. In this season of Advent, as we are under a delayed parousia, you see, it's easy to fall asleep while you're waiting on the second coming. That's why the Bible tells us that a day in the sight of the Lord is like a thousand. Uh, That's why we cannot take for granted that the Bible is not, or take for granted that Jesus ain't coming back just because it seemed like he's taking too long. Because if a day is like a thousand years, he ain't been gone but two days about saying nothing to me I'm gonna come back and get somebody I said if it's only if a day is just like a thousand years he really ain't been gone but two days, oh, y'all gonna get it in a minute I said if a day is like a thousand years he really only been gone according to biblical history about two days so really Jesus ain't in no hurry to get back do I have anybody in here that can get this revelation look at somebody said, grab this revelation baby because time is winding up and Jesus come on here is on his way back for a church he ain't coming for the club he ain't coming for the casino he ain't coming for the mall he ain't coming for the movie he coming back for a church without a spot or a wrinkle So why we need to stay woke? Why we need to stay woke? I'm glad you asked. It ain't really even nothing profound. It's in the text, but it's gonna shout you because it shouted me when I read it. I kept asking myself, I kept interrogating the text. I said, why do we need to stay woke? You know, a lot of times we tell you what to do, but we don't tell you why you need to do it. I said, I need a why for this. I said, because I got smart negroes in my church, and and they they ask questions and they know how to think for themselves. I can't get up here and tell this is what I'm saying to God. I said, I can't get up here and tell these Negroes. I said Negroes to God. I said, I can't tell these Negroes that they need to stay woke because they they think they think they've been trained to think they, they they know how to think critically and so just to say stay woke without giving them some reason a reason why or an incentive why they need to stay woke ain't gonna shout I need something to shout and this shouted me when I found out, here's the reason why you need to stay woke cuz the enemy ain't sleep yeah. go find somebody tell it ain't in your Bible listen mine. Look at somebody that's it ain't in your Bible, it's in hers. Tell him because the enemy ain't sleep. And while we sleep, he working behind the scenes. Come on, did it shout you. Somebody ought to give God some praise. I said, while we sleep. He working behind the scenes while while the disciples were asleep. Judas was somewhere with his crooked self selling Jesus for 30 pieces of silver while wow, y'all ain't saying that the disciples were sleep Judas was somewhere conspiring with the religious rulers so they could overthrow Jesus and they were conspiring not just against Jesus destiny but they were conspiring against their future here it is because if they were trying to overthrow Jesus it meant that they would be trying to overthrow them Jesus said if the world hates you it's gonna hate me if the world hate me it's gonna hate you if the world comes to me they coming after you the whole trajectory of their life was at stake and they were (laughs) so while we're sleeping our spiritual personal and public enemies are conspiring against us while we're in a state of unconsciousness, the enemy of our souls is working against us. While we are sleeping, while we're sleeping, sleepwalking, there are people in public places working toward the continued disenfranchisement of black and brown people through legalized discrimination, through mass incarceration, building walls instead of bridges, building cages for children. While we are sleeping, just this past weekend, just this past week, legislation, they wrote some bills in Wisconsin and in a Detroit. In Michigan to ensure that the people that are coming into office might be handicapped so that they cannot have leverage with the law in their hands and so they take one last stab at rigging the law because they can't win and when you can't win you have to rig stuff. When you can't, when y'all ain't saying nothing, when you can't win fair and square you have to shift the tables in your behalf so that you can still have power even though the power has been taken away from you. They wrote bills this week, this weekend to ensure that the incoming uh, officials would not have the same leverage and power and they tried to limit the power of incoming elected officials and undermine democracy touch somebody say while you sleep the enemy is still working and if that doesn't get your attention while you sleep he working to destroy your life Come on, let's just bring it on home since y'all don't get excited about social justice. Since some of you don't think I'm talking about Jesus when I talk about social justice, even though the Bible is full of things about loving justice and loving mercy and walking humbly with our God. But since you're still on the first level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and you can't get excited about anything unless it's about something that's going to benefit you, let me tell you that while you're sleeping, the devil has you on his radar screen. He's looking to kill, steal, and to destroy he's looking to keep you on drugs he's looking to keep you on crack so you can't think straight he's looking to keep you strung out on marijuana smelling like a bag of reefer I can't get no help in here spending your whole black paycheck on drugs so that you won't wake up to the destiny of who you are. He'd rather see you drunk and stupid and stupor and unconscious so that he can snatch your destiny. I come to tell you he's working on your life. He's trying to shift your destiny, trying to change the outcome, trying to keep you from figuring out that you have purpose and, and a destiny and hope and a future. Shake somebody's hand and say, why are you asleep? Oh, I know y'all don't believe it. Y'all think I got an agenda. I ain't got no agenda. My only agenda is trying to help you become everything that God wants you to be, but you'd rather be asleep. Let me see if I can bring it home. Let me bring it on home. Let me hurry up with this. Look at somebody. Say, stay woke. Stay woke. Because the devil trying to take you out he, he picked you up on his radar Look at somebody You think it's just coincidental You think you running your own life Fool don't you know That all this stuff you doing is engineered by the adversary The devil knows what God has in plan for you The devil knows what God is trying to do with your life The devil knows that God has hope and a future for you But if he can keep you asleep yeah. While we sleeping He's conspiring to disqualify us while we're sleeping. He's working to disrupt divine progress while we're asleep. He's working to disqualify us from kingdom representation. Touch your neighbor and say, the enemy is working while you sleep. And let me just go and give you this here. This is a PS. The enemy ain't the person sitting beside you. Come on. One of the reasons why you ain't woke is because you're looking for the wrong target. You're right here mad at everybody else, but you ain't learned how to diagnose the devil when you sin. And so instead of you being mad at the devil for stirring up powers and principalities, you're out right here hating on folk that ain't even thinking about you. you still mad at folk and ain't even thought about you in the last 30 or 45 days. You better learn how to diagnose the spirit and try the spirit by the spirit so that you know whether it be the spirit of God. Somebody shout, stay woke. And not only do you need to stay woke, I'm going to hurry because I think we got to do communion. Because the enemy ain't sleep. The enemy ain't sleep, the, the enemy ain't sleep. He don't take a break, he works overtime. And don't, don't, don't mess around and halfway come to your senses don't mess around and halfway wake up don't mess around and start believing that the Bible is really talking about you don't halfway mess around and believe that something is real about this Jesus, don't halfway come into a knowledge of who God is and decide you getting it I see it in your eyes, don't halfway I see you about to jump over that pew somebody ought to give God some praise, she getting a breakthrough right there, come on, yeah he, he trying to keep you sleep, but God had it on the agenda that you would show up and worship this morning so you could be awakened out of your slumber somebody clap your hands and give God some praise I declare and decree that your life will never be the same if you wake up now you're gonna be a living nightmare to the devil and I stop by to tell you don't ever look back don't ever turn back I don't care what the enemy does stay with the Lord Somebody help me give God some praise. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I wasn't intending to say that, but I see God breaking shackles. I see the scales falling off your eyes. I see the joy coming back. I wish I had somebody that could just stop and Give God some praise. Tell your neighbor, the devil is still working. Look at your neighbor and say, but he should have stopped me before I came to church. He should have kept me in the bed because I done messed around and come up in here. And I done figured out that I need to keep my eyes open because God has something great. God has a future and a hope. Put your hands together and give God some praise. I'm almost through. Here's the second reason why you need to stay awake. Stay woke because by the time you wake up, it's too late. It's in the text. Bible said that when they finally woke up, Jesus said, don't even worry about it because the enemy is at hand. By the time they woke up, the betrayer had already sold him I don't have nobody helping me for 30 pieces of silver by the time they woke up Jesus was getting ready to be marched from judgment hall to judgment hall by the time they woke up they were getting ready to gamble for his clothes and they were getting ready to put him on an old rugged cross by the time they woke up Jesus was getting ready to go down the Via Dolorosa and they were going to recruit a black man named Simon of Serene to carry his cross by the time they woke up Pilate was going to wash his hands and say i find no fault in this man tell somebody by the time you wake up by the time you figure out pookie was a liar he done already spent all your money by the time you figure out she was a gold digger she done already messed up your credit by the time you figure out that they didn't mean you no good i don't hear nobody saying nothing you already got too much stuff i just wish i had a few people in here that know what I'm talking about. I just need a few people that finally woke up, grab somebody by the hand, and tell them I used to be like that. But one day I woke up. One day I came into a knowledge of who God was. One day I finally got myself together, and now I know who I am. And what I discovered is that when I wake up, there came nobody. Jesus, can't nobody do me like the Lord. Look at somebody's, I had too much time to make a fall. There was too much damage done my life but somebody ought to give God some praise that you might have been on broken pieces you might have lost the ship but you still got your life and I wish I had about fifty folks that could just give God some praise that I lost some stuff but I still got my life can you grab somebody's hand and tell them I lost some stuff but I still got my life but I still got my life. I lost an apartment, but I still got my life. I lost my dignity, but I still got my life. I lost my future, but I still got my life. Cause the God that I serve, can I preach it like I feel it? Will give me back everything that the cake of made up. Oh shucks here and the locusts devoured shake that hand and tell your name God gave me double for my trouble yes God do I have anybody that can give him some praise that one day you woke up go find somebody tell them stay woke our children are dying grab that neighbor and tell them stay woke our communities are crumbling Grab your neighbor and tell them, stay woke. They're writing laws to disenfranchise. Shake that hand and tell your neighbor, stay woke. Because while you sleep, they're writing laws to keep us out. While you sleep, they're setting up traps for your downfall. Watch and pray. Grab your name and tell them watch and pray. Because the God I serve will give you power to overcome. The God I serve will give you power to tread on serpents, to pick up deadly things, and no evil shall come. need a woke church. You need a woke pastor. We need some woke preachers. We need woke deacons. Woke ministers. Woke teachers. Woke servants. Woke musicians. Woke singers. Woke people. Shout Yeah. Yeah. yeah! shall stay woke too much at stake stay woke your life is on the line stay woke your destiny is in jeopardy stay woke he's trying to steal your purpose stay woke Look at somebody and stay woke. Because while you sleep. While you are asleep. The enemy is working. And I need to tell you. You can be awake and still be asleep. That's why the enemy wants to keep the mind. Of the believer blinded. The Bible says that. The natural man cannot receive spiritual things. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. When the enemy has a, a, a veil over your mind, LaDonna. This is what you're talking about, about being off drugs. See, you will sleep. And the enemy stole some years off your life. But thanks be to God, you woke up. I just need the folk that woke up to just step out in the aisle and just do something. I just need the people that almost lost, almost forfeited your destiny. I just need the people that know that if it hadn't been for God waking you up, you would have thrown your whole life away. Young people have a saying, said, throw the whole day away. Throw the whole, ain't that what y'all say? y'all got to give me the lexicon they said throw it, throw it away throw the whole. Is, it, is it the whole day the whole thing the, the devil even will use that not that particularly but that perception that thought that mentality when you sleep to make you throw everything away glory to God that's why you need the Holy Ghost that's why you need the Spirit of God to be alive and in your life communicating with you challenging you telling you what you ought to do the spirit says the bible says the spirit will lead you into all truth but when you sleep you don't even know what truth is when you sleep you don't even know how to recognize truth when you sleep sleep walking you don't you don't you don't know how to recognize and discern what is the good and perfect will of god and that's why it's so important to stay woke. Jesus said, watch and pray. Here, here, I'm, I'm through. I'm through for real. I promise I'm through. I'm going to try to be through. I ain't going to promise because I don't want y'all, I don't want to be a lying one in church. So I'm going to try to be through. Let me. I was reading that text and I said, okay, God, I got this about the enemy is still working. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't sleep. While we sleep, he sleep. I got the peace about, by the time we wake up, much of the damage has already been done. Can I just give you a footnote to that? And the challenge is, it may take you 10 minutes to make the mess, but it can take you 10 years. I don't hear nobody saying nothing. I wish I had somebody. Can I say it again? It'll take 10 years, 10 minutes to make the mess, but somebody knows it can take you 10, 15, 20, 26, 30 years to undo what 10 minutes of pleasure, 10 minutes of having a good time, 10 minutes of trying to do it my way, 10 minutes of trying to ignore God, 10 minutes of rejecting God's counsel. It can take the rest of your life. And God is a restorer. That's the part we need to shout about. God is a restorer. But the problem is, the longer you wait to turn, the longer it's going to take for you to start to recover. Glory to God. See, that's the good thing about having a relationship with God. You can always recover. I wish somebody could get that. Somebody I would just start grabbing. Just start reaching up and grabbing because even though you lost some stuff, you're going to get some stuff back. When you wake up, God's going to give you some stuff back. He's not just going to give you your joy back. He's not just going to give you a house back. He's not just going to give you a car back, but you're going to get your purpose back. You're going to get your destiny back. You're going to get your spirit back. You're going to get your joy back. Come on, I need somebody to just start reaching up and start grabbing it. Somebody shout restoration. Somebody shout I'm woke and I'm getting everything back. I'm getting back my joy. I'm getting back my hope. I'm getting back my vision. I'm getting back my purpose. I'm getting back my destiny. Somebody shout, stay woke! Stay woke! Stay woke! What kind of person What kind of friend is it that helped you destroy your own life? What kind of friend is it that escorts you into damnation? What kind of relationship would you give yourself to when the person who is seducing you or being used of God is escorting you away from your purpose? That's why you got to stay woke. That's also why you got to use this muscle between your ears. It's called your brain and start thinking for yourself. And stop letting people talk you out of your destiny and your purpose. Because the enemy doesn't care who he uses. Let me get back to what I was going to say. I I said, God, why? Because at the beginning of the text, what time is it? I can't see. Okay. At the beginning of the text, Jocelyn, it says, watch. If you read the text, it just says, watch. Then when you get down to the close to the end, Jerome, he says, watch and pray. Now that's a rhetorical, if I was doing rhetorical criticism right here, I would tell you, that's something to look at rhetorically. Because Jesus looks, he says, watch twice. God help me. But the third time he says, watch and pray. And so I said, I said okay God, how why do you say watch twice and you say watch and pray? Here it is. This shouted me too. Spirit said cause the flesh is weak. It's in the text. Oh, okay. I know y'all deep folk. Y'all don't need the Holy Ghost. Look at somebody and say, I got to watch and pray because my flesh is weak. Come on. Come on, go on. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray that you were tremendously blessed by the word.